Welcome. I am so glad that you tuned in to us today and that we're able to join with you in your home, wherever you're at. Maybe you're in the shed working or maybe you're in your bedroom or living room or kitchen, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to be with you. And today we're going to talk about coming out of a situation stronger than when you went into it. I'm excited about this. I'm looking forward to it. Right now, I'm going to ask Lynn to come, and she's going to come. She's going to open us with a word and pray. Lynn? All right. Good morning, everyone. So glad to see you, at least virtually anyway. I'm going to read to you from Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. So today as we gather together virtually, we're just going to pray and ask God to fill us up to overflowing as Pastor Tyson brings the word. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this time that we can worship you, that we can join together and just lift each other up in prayer and um, serving you, God. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you're going to speak directly to our hearts today. In your precious name, amen. Thanks, Lynn. That was good. And that was a really good word from the book of Isaiah that we don't need to fear, that we can Stand in assurance knowing that God loves us, he cares for us, that he is our God. He's our source of refuge and strength in times of trouble. So, Lynn, again, thank you for that. And today what we want to talk about is coming out of a situation stronger than when we went in. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, talking about the Israelites and Moses, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Verses 3 and 4, he says, They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. That rock was Christ. And as he's talking about, or talking to, rather, the church of Corinth, he's saying that the Israelites, as they, as they came out of Egypt and they went into the desert, that a couple of times, and we'll look at each instance here in just a few minutes, they encountered a rock, and that rock produced water for them. And he's saying to the church in Corinth, he's saying, guys, listen, Jesus is with you. You may not be able to see him, but he's, he's right there with you. So I want to tell you, if you're watching, it doesn't matter where you're at, Jesus is with you. You may not see a way out. You may not understand how things are going to work out, but Jesus is with you. He's right there with you. Now let's take a look specifically at each time the Israelites encountered the rock in the desert. The first time is found in Exodus chapter 17. And they come, they, they've just come through the Red Sea. They've come out of Egypt. God's done some great miracles. But let's face it, they're human. And I don't know about you, but I sometimes have a tendency to complain when things don't go the way I want them to. And the Israelites are saying, oh, my, my donkey's going to die. My sheep are going to die. And, 
and my kids are, we're all going to die because we don't have any water and it's dire situation. And they're just complaining and griping and not satisfied with their situation. And all they see is the negative. <clears throat> so what does Moses do? Well, the Bible tells us that Moses, he, in one sense of the word, he, he quarantines himself. He, he takes himself and he looks at Aaron, his other leader, and he says, guys, Aaron, let's get out of here. Let's go spend some one-on-one -on -one time with God. Let's quote-unquote quarantine ourselves. Now, I'm paraphrasing this, of course, but they go off and they begin to spend time with God to clear their heads and to focus on what God would say to them and how to handle the situation. And so as they're in prayer, God speaks to them. And he says, Moses, take Aaron's staff, go out to the rock and strike it twice and water will come out of the rock. Well, Moses is excited. He's got an answer to prayer. Yes, it seems ridiculous, but he's going to do it because it's an answer, and he's desperate, right? So he grabs Aaron's staff. He goes out to the rock, and he strikes it. Bam! Bam! And he hits it twice, and water comes out. And the people are rejoicing, and they're excited. And it just kind of seems to be the the cycle, if you will, of the people in Israel, right? They, they murmur, they complain, they gripe, things aren't right. They're constantly just complaining about stuff. And so then what? Well, God in his grace and mercy provides for them, but it doesn't seem to be enough. And so they just keep complaining and they keep, and then God provides again. Well, here we are in this, this instance where God provides the water, right? God provides the water. And if we think about our spiritual journey, this is the first time they encounter the rock. It's early in their journey in the desert. And this first time they encounter it, God tells Moses, take the staff under your own strength and under your own power and hit the rock and water will come out. You know, this is probably the same staff that Moses takes when he, he raises up the staff and the Red Sea parts. Same staff. So what happens? Well, Moses probably looks at the staff and goes, man, there, there's something about this staff, right? There's something about this staff has this ability, this, this ability to, to do miracles. And, and maybe like Moses, and we'll see this in just a minute, but maybe like Moses, we tend to think that it's our ability that's going to get us through situations. Maybe we think it's our ability and our gifts and our talents that will will cause us to get through and cause us to be able to come out on the other side even better than when we went in. But I don't want us to make that mistake. I want us to understand that it's God that gives us the ability. It's God that provides for us. It's God that, yes, gave Moses the staff, but that was just an instrument. That was just a gift. And I want to tell you this, that if you begin to rely on your own ability and think that it's your own ability that gets you through things, then your ability becomes your liability. Your ability becomes your liability when you think it's you getting you through everything. When you think it's me and, and, I, and I can do this myself, right? Sometimes we have a tendency to look at our own abilities and go, well, look what I did. Look, look what I can do rather than stay connected to the giver of the gift 
And when we start to focus on the gift more than the giver of the gift, then we're locked in. And we're locked into that, to that one thing. I, I, I've got something here with me that I want to share with you. I'm pretty excited about it and pretty giddy that I was a, even able to find one. Um, this is this is an F-14 G.I. Joe toy that, now this isn't the one that I had as a kid. In fact, I want to say thank you to our children's director, Richard Harvey. He had, he had this, um, but you, know, you can lift the canopy, the pilots in there and all this stuff. And I got this one year as a kid. This was, this was my holy grail as a kid. And I got this for Christmas and so I'd sweep the wings back and I'd fly it all over the house and then I'd run around the yard and I'd fly it. And this was like the best gift ever. Now it's missing two of the fins in the back, but that's not the point. That this was the best gift ever. And I would even pretend like the, the thing with this particular toy is that the fins always fall, fall out. And so I would always pretend that he got shot down or something goofy like that. So my guy wasn't a very good pilot. But if I had focused on this gift, if I had focused on this and, and I talked to the pilot in there and I'd say, hey, you know, next year I'd really like a tank or I'd really like the helicopter or I'd really like, if I were to talk to the gift and think the gift is a source, I'd look pretty foolish as a kid, wouldn't I? If, if I looked to the gift and said, you know what? I need help with my homework. Would you, would you help? Nobody does that. No, no, no kid would look at their toy and ask their toy for help for the homework. But sometimes, as we're going to see here in a minute, we rely on our gifts and our talents to get us out of situations and our abilities to get us out of situations. Now, it's true that the book of Proverbs says that your King Solomon said that your gift will make a way for you. But he's talking about your gifts and your talents, using them properly with God's help, making a way for you. For your job, making a way for you for income, making a way for you to be able to stand in front of uh, influential people and so on. I'm talking specifically today about when we enter into a situation like the COVID-19 situation that we're in and we think that somehow we're just going to get through this with our own ability, I want to challenge you to think that maybe it's not our ability and our gifts that get us through, though they're fun to play with, right, and they're enjoyable. It's the giver of the gift. It's the source of the gift that provides for us. So when I needed help with my homework, I didn't go to my holy grail of toys. I went to my dad. I went to the source, the giver of the gift. And so I just want to encourage you that as we go through this difficult time, you know, when you first get into a situation, you're working on your own power. Why is it when we enter into a situation that we tend to work under our own power and try to use our gifts and do everything that we can before we turn to God? When we do that, as I said earlier, our ability becomes our liability. And so Moses was given the staff. Now, we come to a point in the story where in Numbers, they've encountered the same rock a second time, right? And so here we are a second time at the same rock. Now this time, the people again, same cycle, they're complaining, we're going to die, we don't have water, yada, yada. Probably just like a lot of us do. 
We complain. It's all over. It's horrible. It's nasty. It's blah, 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 blah. We're listening to, we're listening to all of the news outlets and all of the sources, and we're being bombarded with all this negativity. So what does Moses do? Moses, quote unquote, quarantines himself and Aaron again. He goes and prays. Now this time, though, the second time they encounter the rock, in Numbers chapter 20, God says to Moses, take the staff, go speak to the rock, and I'll cause water to come out of it. Notice the difference? The first time in Exodus, God said, take the staff, strike the rock twice. Now God's telling Moses, listen, I don't want you to even work at it. I don't want you to have to incorporate your muscles and your strength to swing and hit the rock. I want you to stop. I want you to go ahead and take the staff because of what it symbolizes. But I want you to just speak to it. My friend, that's faith that has grown. It says it's no longer about my ability and my gifts and my talents. It's about trusting and obeying God and that where God guides, he provides. And so Moses was to take the staff, go out and speak to the rock and it would produce water for the people. And he should have trusted God. And, and I think that in some way he did trust God. I mean, he listened to God. He, God said, take the staff, go speak to the rock. Moses picked up the staff, and went to the rock. But something happened along the way that happens to all of us. You see, as he was going to the rock, the people are complaining. The people are murmuring. The people are disheartened. The people are disgruntled with leadership. Well, why did they handle it that way? And they should have done it this way. And and they're just complaining about leadership and all of the things that leadership has done wrong. When it's a moment that they should be unified, it's not a time to point out what's been done wrong. It's a time to unify and come together and quit pointing out what's wrong because they're all dying of, of thirst. But instead, they're still murmuring and complaining and griping about the leadership doesn't matter whether they like the leadership or not, or they agree with the leadership or not. It was a time for unity. So as Moses grabs the staff and begins to walk through it, he hears this bombarding, 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 bombarding his ears constantly over and over and over. So that when he reaches the rock, the, whatever faith he had had been neutralized by the complaining of the people. And if we have faith in God to get us through this, if we have faith in God that we are going to have stronger faith and believe that we're going to have stronger faith when we come out of a situation than when we came into the situation, we have to stop listening to the negativity. We have to stop listening to the people that tell us we can't. We have to stop listening to the people that want to create divisiveness and create division. And we have to stop that because Moses went through the people and it got to him. So that by the time he got to the rock, I want to read to you the words of Moses in Numbers chapter 20. By the time he got to the rock, this is what Moses said to the people. Listen, you rebels, we must bring 
must we bring you water out of this rock? That's Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. He says, rebels. If I can paraphrase that just a little bit, you complaining idiots, all you want to do is gripe. And then what does he say? Well, he says something that causes his ability to become his liability. He says, you complaining idiots, must we bring you water out of this rock? What's he doing? He's inferring that, as, that in some way, in some form, it's his ability with the staff to draw water out of a rock. Must we do this? I mean, remember, he's coming back with Aaron. Aaron by his side going, must we do this for you again? And it's not about his ability. It's about his availability to allow the Spirit of God to work through him. And so to what should have been, oh yeah, God did this in the past. He brought us through it. Let's go. Let's do this again, Aaron. God will bring us through this one. Wasn't because he allowed the murmuring and the complaining to get to him and it decreased his faith. The talk of the people decreased his level of faith. When he was with God and alone with God, he was fine. But when he came out, he was fine. But then it just began to grow on him and the negativity and the murmuring and the complaining and the griping and all of the stuff wore on his faith to the point that he should have had greater faith the second time around. And so what I want to tell you is don't allow others and their negativity to destroy the faith that you have knowing that the first time you encounter the rock, maybe you use your own ability, but the second time you encounter it as you're going through, you learned and grown in your faith to rely more on God than your own ability. You see, the first time they encountered the rock was a, the first time they encountered the rock, they had come out of Egypt. The second time they encountered the rock, they were almost to the promised land. And because Moses struck the rock in anger, God said, that's it. That's, that's it. You're not entering the promised land. Joshua will take over, essentially, is what happened. And Joshua took the people into the promised land. Jesus said something interesting. He said, I'm the Alpha and I'm the Omega. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, it tells us that Jesus is the rock. Jesus says, I'm the rock at the beginning and I'm the rock at the end of your journey. Now, in Jewish thought, that means, well, if you're at the beginning and you're at the end, then you're with me all the way through. And so what I want to tell you is this. I don't want you to be like the Israelites. I don't want you to be like Moses. The first time you encounter the rock, you believe, you use your own ability, and by faith and God's grace, he works. I want you to grow. I want you to, I want you to grow in your faith, in your spiritual journey. So the next time you encounter the rock, when you get to the end of COVID-19, and there will be an end, we will get through this, you will see that it was God that provided for you. It was God that got you through this. It was God who was with you at the beginning. It was God who was with you at the end. It was God that sustained you through it. So that as you go through, 
Your faith is stronger at the end than it was at the beginning. And in that way, we can be stronger than Moses in that journey. We can be stronger in our faith than the people of Israel. So, as we close out today, I want you to think about where are you at now? Where were you when this started? And where do you want to be spiritually and in your faith at the end? Do you want to be able to leave your moment with God and bypass all the negativity and the, and the fear-mongering and the, oh my gosh, we're all going to die, right? Do you want to get past that so that when you approach Jesus, you can say, I'm here because you led me through faithfully. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself and for all of us. With that, I'm going to ask Lynn to come back and to, and to close us out in prayer. Thank you. All right, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. God, we just thank you for today. Right now, we pray for a healing of everyone who is sick right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that by your stripes, they are healed. God, we praise you for the victory in every situation that we come in contact with. Lord, I just pray right now that people would see their need for you, Lord. I pray that um, those of us uh, that are believers, that God, we would just bombard um, heaven with requests, Lord. God, I pray for those seeking and searching and, and they don't know where to turn. I pray that they would put their trust and fully rely on you, God. We thank you that you are with us um, every step of the way, that you love us unconditionally, Father. I pray, Lord, that we would, um, as Tyson spoke of, be stronger on the other side. We thank you that you um, go before us and behind us and surround us, Lord. We praise you for we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I pray for everyone who is in authority over us, whether it's in our local um, community or whether it's around the world or um, our, our United States president. God, we just pray for everyone who's in authority over us right now that you would give them wisdom beyond measure, Father. We thank you that you are going to... Um, just anoint them and fill them up to overflowing, Lord, that they might make the right decisions, God. We thank you for our church body, and we pray right now that you would keep everyone safe and healthy, Lord. We love you so much. We give you today, and we just ask that you would fill us up to overflowing, Lord. We love you and praise you. In your name, amen. Have a great week, River Friends. We love you.